0: Welcome to The Austin Approach. I'm your co-host, Bryce Duby.
1: And I'm your co-host, Michelle Lai. Welcome to the podcast, everyone.
0: And welcome back to you, Michelle. Uh, if you are joining us from our last episode, uh, the last bit of recording, you were in Cabo.
1: I was in Cabo, and it seems such a long time ago, Bryce, that I was in Cabo. But my goodness, it was such a well-needed vacation. It was fantastic.
0: So what brought you down there? Just, just needed to get away for a little while or...?
1: kind of sort of, but not really. It was a friend's 50th birthday. And so we had four couples go down to celebrate uh, him turning half a century old. <laughs> and um, yeah, we had, we, had a, we had a really nice time. We did some adventuring, some investigating, but I do have to tell you, right, one of the things that I said in the close of the last podcast when I, when I recorded from the beautiful Sandy Shores, was uh, this is the best fresh fish I ever had. I've got two things I have to tell you. Oh, go on. Oh my goodness. There is a place called Milky Beach. Don't ask me where it is because it's just called Milky Beach because I don't know where it is. That's why. But I will tell you they have some of the best, freshest tuna I have ever had. Tuna fish is delicious. Wow. And the second one was the guys all went um, fishing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we had one hardcore team member who he he really loved going fishing. So Arturo went out, I want to say three days in a row. And the day that he went out uh, at six o'clock in the morning, he caught a blue Marlin. Oh, wow. And it was huge. So he gets this blue Marlin and he brings it back to the hotel. And the chefs are like, look. You just log it in with us and you decide what way you want us to cook it. And we're going to, we're going to cook it for you, for your table specifically. Give us a time. So we had cerviche, and we had it grilled and we had it fried. And it was, I have never had blue marlin before. Have you ever had it?
0: I don't think I have.
1: Delicious. This fish had over, I want to say over 70 or 80 pounds after it was filleted. That's wow. how much, that's how big this fish was. And I will tell you now, so first of all, I'm allergic to cilantro, so I've never actually had cerviche before. I always thought cilantro was, if it's not cerviche unless there's cilantro in it. Um, but turns out the chef made me a little bowl. So it was the first time I had cerviche, and it was amazing. I'm telling you right now, I, I, I turned out to be a fish freak in, in that trip. So it was amazing and well done Arturo. What a catch, wow. what a catch.
0: That, that's really cool I, I do love me some seafood i was actually as you were saying that i realized living in austin is the furthest i've ever lived away from the ocean in my life um now that i think about it so because normally i'm i'm a i've always lived on a coast or on an island somewhere um so like yeah this is so like seafood yeah definitely i mean you can get some amazing stuff here in austin as well but yeah i definitely i've never had blue marlin though that's super cool
1: Oh, it was delicious. You do miss the sound of the ocean, though, don't you? When you're not there. That's what yeah. draws me to beaches is is the sound of the ocean. I could just sit there and watch it all day long and listen to it all day long.
0: Well, I've got some good news for you then. Talk to me. So while you were gone, uh, American Airlines announced several new routes uh, as well as alaska airlines announced a new route and they're all very close to beaches um nice. most of them i mean not all of them but there are some really great destinations so first of all alaska uh is going to be bringing um new service to palm springs coming later this year which is super cool so another wow. great way to get out to california so americans can be bringing a bunch of new routes including jacksonville florida tulsa oklahoma reno oklahoma city um But as well, San Juan, Puerto Rico, Puerto Vallarta, Punta Cana, and Liberia, Costa Rica. So plenty of great ways to get to the beach if you're missing the sound of the ocean.
1: That is fantastic. And when did you say that was? Uh, September?
0: They'll be rolling out. Some are coming. It's it's a couple different uh, times throughout the end of this year. So uh, they're going to be rolling out those routes, uh, particularly uh, the international ones, as well as – uh, so San Juan is going to be in October, and then those international destinations of Liberia, Punta Cana, and Puerto Vallarta all c- are arriving in November. Additionally, they've also um, made their flights to Cabo as well as to NASA and the Bahamas uh, year-round, so they're not going to be seasonal anymore. So there's some super cool stuff um, that's either already in service now or is coming later this year. So you can – once it starts getting a little cold again in the wintertime, maybe – jet off to the tropics.
1: Oh my goodness. I absolutely I, lo- I love that. I mean, who doesn't want to be by the beach? Okay, there's probably a lot of people that don't want to be but but I love <laughs> I grew up on an island, so I I want to be by the beach all the time. Interesting though, because I was I was reading uh, I was flicking through a magazine and a, a lot of companies right now, their advertisement is, you know, change the boardroom and it's a guy in a in a wetsuit holding a surfboard, you know, and, and this is really speaking to just the change in dynamic in the workplace. I think there's a lot of companies out there saying, Hey, uh, after COVID stay working from home, you know, anywhere can be your office. The world is your oyster. And it was going that way a little bit before COVID too. There were, there was all kinds of companies that were advertising, go on the trips of your lifetime and, and, you know, you can work remotely and things. So that's interesting to, it's interesting to hear. I'm excited. I'm, I'm totally going to hit some of those up by the way. Are you?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's something we could talk a little bit more about um, later in the show. If we could going kind to of do a little teaser for our highlight of our spotlight today, um, I do have my next summer trip planned, um, and I think I'll talk about that uh, sometime in the future. But I'm super excited to uh, jet off soon as well and get some summer travel on.
1: I uh, I drove in uh, yesterday from New Orleans, and I had one of the most frightening experiences that I've never seen before and this might be just par for the course for many people, but I actually saw a, 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 real, a real one, guys. It was a funnel cloud coming oh. out of the sky. Probably, my husband thinks it was about a quarter of a mile away. I was hoping it was a bit further away, to be honest. Um, but this funnel cloud came down, and you could actually see the water uh, rising up. Like, um, oh. what's it called? A water spout? Is that a thing?
0: That is a thing.
1: Yeah, you could see the water moving and circling and misting upwards. And you could see this funnel coming down. And, you know, I was having all these deadly thoughts about Twister, the movie. And uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was brown trousers time. It was really <laughs> scary. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the end was nigh, Bryce. I was like, Jerry, how fast can we drive in the rain? And what direction is this thing going to go? I was petrified.
0: Well, we're um, glad you, you made it back. Uh, thank so you. It sounds like you've you've been traveling you've been traveling a lot recently. I'm, I'm I'm jealous, but I know I've got trips coming up this year too. So
1: I can't wait to hear where you're going to go. We get to talk about it.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's one of those. I think I, coming off of this past year with COVID and everything, I think I'm ver- looking forward as as we're seeing with travelers and numbers and things in general getting back out there. Um, and I know when you're doing all of that, it's good to know a little bit more about your terminal. So I've got some good news on that front as well. Talk to me. So the next time you are in, um, some more of our concessions have started to reopen as part of passenger demand. And I actually, even though I've been working at the airport for several years now, and my old offices where I used to work were maybe 20 feet away, ate a peach tortilla for the first time.
1: <gasps> you lie to me. You ate a peach pro- oh, And you didn't tell me? This is... I don't know how to feel about that Bryce. Uh you're going to have to go back. <laughs> That's one of my favorite eateries. I I can I can't actually walk past that place without buying something.
0: Yeah, I've never I never in the airport. I've eaten normally a big fan uh, of their Austin locations, but I've never been to the one here in the terminal. Again, my old office was I mean we were you know you know where we used to work. We were literally yeah upstairs from it you could smell it wafting in sometimes um i just never went in there but went over and got some korean steak tacos and yeah they were pretty good delicious
1: delicious i thought i loved cauliflower until i had the cauliflower tacos at the peach tortilla i know that sounds really weird i remember standing in line once and this dude was standing behind me and he said what's really good to eat here and i looked at him and i said the cauliflower tacos and he looked at me he's like i'm in texas i said i know but you have to give it a chance man you have to give it a chance it was it's just their food is phenomenal i'm so glad they're open i think we're gonna have a lunch date bryce
0: yeah i'm I'm super excited for folks who are unaware they do some really cool food um i mean i don't even know how would you really describe it it's sort of a i mean it's definitely a fusion but i mean it brings together a bunch of flavors uh, a lot of asian inspired korean inspired predominantly yes
1: yep it, it really um, is. Um, uh, yeah. It's, it's like a Korean Latino Mexican flair. They've got, and although they do have a jam jam, is it the jam jam burger? I'm not sure if they still do that, but that was epic. If they do that, you can have the burger in there, Bryce. I'll, I will allow you <laughs> Since you're on your burger quest.
0: <laughs> I'm going to find the best burger in the airport. I mean, they're all, they've all been good so far, but I think it's just going to be the theme from now on on here.
1: But they also have a delicious, um, hot sauce that's, I I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like an, an orange hot sauce. It's habanero though. Hmm. And you just put that on with the sticky rice. Oh, and their Brussels sprouts as well. Really good. I'm sounding like I'm a vegetarian over here and I'm not. It's just that their food is so good. Um, that i mean i've tried i've tried all kinds of things they have a bulgogi plate as well at least they they did i I know that there's some changes to the menu probably with with covid people are coming back with more limited um, menus these days so i'm excited to go and see what they have an offer
0: yeah (laughs) i honestly couldn't speak to it because i walked up and i saw on the menu i saw i was like oh korean steak tacos i didn't even read the rest of the menu i was like well that. Lunch is taken care of for today. <laughs>
1: That's you sorted?
0: <laughs> yep. Although I will say as I, I went there because we wanted to get some um, photos to refresh. I take in true, I guess, millennial fashion, take pictures of my food, but was doing it for work purposes so that we can use it in promotions and things like that. Um, so then I went to a couple other venues. And the other one that caught my eye, I almost ordered more food because that would have been responsible. Um, <laughs> Salvation Pizza over in the nine gate expansion area has also opened and oh, if, nice. if you like pizza they make some good pizza
1: okay like who doesn't like pizza i'm gonna go with that again the the ocean pizza <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's great news
0: so they do a really kind of great pizza it's that new haven style so it's that really nice like thin crust pizza it's got a mm. nice crisp crust to it um got a bunch of different types i mean you can always just go for like the straight just pepperoni mozzarella um but it's a really cool they've got a couple locations here in austin they are another popular local favorite that we feature here in the terminal but yeah salvation pizza if if you're looking for something that's just a nice quick easy uh affordable just get a slice and a drink and you're good type that you're looking for that uh definitely check them out
1: absolutely and I heard a rumor too that moving moving swiftly away from food to one of my other favorite things. So we're talking about all my favorite things today: the beach, food, and jewelry. <laughs> I am not high maintenance at all. <laughs> but James Avery, I believe, is having a cheeky little seal on at the airport.
0: Yeah, they are. So, for folks who don't know, um, we have a James Avery shop uh, right inside the terminal. So it's right inside Checkpoint One. Uh, so you go right through security. It's right there on the left hand side next to the Starbucks. But they're doing a sale right now, uh, at least for the next little bit. Of if you buy two charms, you can get a charm necklace or bracelet for free, uh, up to a seventy-two dollar value. And you can find out all the information about their sale on their website at jamesavery.com. So just to change gears here super quick, I am very excited for our guest today. I am too. Yeah, I know we always talk about like, this is my favorite person at the airport. Um, But genuinely speaking, we have uh, one of my favorite people at the airport who I work with on a near daily basis. Um, And we're going to talk to her right after we take a quick break.
1: Yay! Yay! Want to stay connected with The Austin Approach? Be sure to hit the
2: subscribe button. You can also find us online on Facebook and Twitter at Austin Airport, on Instagram at AUS Airport, and on our
1: website at austintexas.gov airport. Got a question or topic you'd like to hear on a future episode? Email us at the Austin Approach at austintexas.gov.
0: Michelle, I am super excited for our guest today because this was one of the very first people I met when I first started working at the airport, and I have worked with her almost every day since. So someone very near and dear to my heart who works hand-in-hand with for us all of us on the PIO team, uh, Corey Hurlis.
2: Aw, what a great intro. Thank you, Bryce. I'm happy to be here.
0: So just jump right into it. Um, Who are you and what do you do for
2: AUS? (laughs) (laughs) Existential questions. Who am I? Uh, So, I'm the program manager over art, music, and graphics at the airport. So, what that encompasses is all the feel good, fun stuff that you might find at the airport, all the live performances, all of the changing art exhibits, the permanent art that you see popped up all over campus, and Along with that, the graphics role includes print publications, creating graphics for the various screens that you might, advertising screens you might see around the airport. So I kind of have my fingers in a lot of things here.
0: And that's, that's I think that's one thing we get a lot of comments on and folks really know the Austin airport for is the art. Like if you, As soon as you step into, not even step into the terminal, as soon as you step out of the parking garage, you're going to experience art from local artists international artists all sorts of folks yeah um, so it's it's a really cool thing i mean what's kind of explain how how does that process work or like what what goes into all of that i mean for example if i'm walking out of the rental car facility i dropped off my rental car i'm gonna head into the terminal there's gonna be a giant structure right there um like how how is all of that
2: well the the permanent artwork that you might find around the airport but I, what i mean by permanent is large sculpture typically uh that is a process where the airport is in partnership with the city's art and public places program a lot of people might not realize but uh airports all around the us participate in what's called percent for arts programs meaning that in their in various cities including austin there is an ordinance typically that a portion of all capital improvement projects have to, there's some funds that have to be delegated for permanent public art. And so I'm, the airport lays on in making those uh, large projects happen here. And so when a, a new capital improvement project happens, like for example, the Blue Garage, that triggers the Art and Public Places Ordinance, AIPP. So from there, the Art and Public Places Division for the City of Austin, they help us select an artist and handle the project management aspect of making the art a thing, the building of it, the design of it. And then usually, you know, two to five years from when a capital improvement project starts, then we get a brand new piece of art that stays here for 20 years.
0: And I understand just recently, speaking of the Blue Garage, there's some new work being done right next to that.
2: Yes. So associated with that CIP project were two opportunities for public artwork. One was awarded to uh, an artist named Mark Fornes of the very many, and he's producing a very large shade structure. So a lot of art is also sometimes meant to serve another purpose besides purely aesthetic. And in the case of Mark Fornes' piece, it's also going to be a a section for shade or rest rest when uh, passengers are walking from the surface lots to the terminal. It'll be an opportunity for a moment of reflection or relaxation. And so it's going to be a large uh, shade structure. And then behind the Mark Fornes piece is another commission that was just, uh, meant to go for local artists. So local artists within a pool of the city of Austin, they were selected from that pre-qualified pool. And so the, the artist duo name is Studio Moto. They're creating another piece behind it. And that will probably come to us in the fall, but they've already started some work. How long
1: have you been? How long have you been doing this at the airport? Five years. I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, based upon, you know, when, when you came in and started your role, there was already quite a significant amount of artwork around. And as you said, some of it is, I didn't realize that there was. So at 20 years, do you yeah. decide to keep it or do you have to let it go?
2: Oh, well, it's not as simple as you might think just to get rid of something like that. Yeah. Uh, once the, the artwork has, u- has ex- its useful life expired... Then often it has to go to council before it can be decommissioned. Right. And in those cases, um, if there is public outcry, say this art, this artwork has really become a place making uh, icon for Austin. That mm-hmm. sometimes the public will push back, and you keep it. You try to preserve it the best you can. Or if it's decided that it's you can't really conserve it or repair it, and it doesn't have that iconic status the artwork could be returned to the artist. It could be relocated somewhere else. Or if it's beyond repair, it could just
1: go away and be done. Yeah. Have you noticed a change in aesthetic from the Austin airport over the years with, in terms of what does make it through? And are we shifting from, from one kind of aesthetic to another? Yeah, I definitely
2: noticed that. And COVID has actually had a big part in a, a dramatic shift in not just the airport, but public art projects all over the U.S. Uh, you'll definitely see in the next coming years a shift more to local. There was mm-hmm. a period of time uh, in the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight years when people were really looking at art to be more like a public art, to be more like a museum piece. Right. Um, it was important to gather, important uh, high profile names to increase your collection portfolio. Mm-hmm. And and so COVID has really changed that. And there is definitely um, it, cult, a cultural shift, um, definitely more of an emphasis on the local, definitely more of an emphasis on equitable processes for artist selection. That has been a major change in my short five years of being here. A lot more attention is given to uh, giving equitable opportunities to artists, people of color, people, the LGBTQ uh, plus community. Um, So those are a few of the changes.
0: You also maintain all the galleries inside the terminal. So if you're walking through the nine gate expansion or near like security checkpoint one or plenty of other places that I'm drawing a blank on at the moment, but you've got a bunch of rotating galleries uh, all throughout the airport that you're responsible for.
2: Yes, uh, I have five different galleries plus little pop-up kiosks all over the concourse. That's actually my passion project and the thing that I love to do the most because it engages me with the local artist community. Um, Typically, these galleries rotate out every four to six months. So it really gives an opportunity to bring in something fresh, to expose the traveling public to um, artwork, or art in general. Uh, I grew up in a small Midwestern town. We didn't go to museums or anything <laughs> as a kid. And so I really view opportunities at the airport as exposing any, everyone to art. People that would never think of going in a gallery or a museum have the opportunity to see really high caliber quality artwork from people all over the Texas, central Texas community, not just Austin, but all the catchment areas surrounding it. And I love all the stories that I hear back from artists who sold lots of art straight from the gallery, actually. I get that regularly where somebody has sold a few paintings and wants to switch something out. And oh, wow. It it always makes my heart glad. Absolutely.
0: What's something cool that's in there right now? I know I was in the Nine Gate the other day. Um, and it's coming back from the expansion and there's those in the center cases, there's these gorgeous, full, really tall paintings that have like some really interesting stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Or what are some of the other things that are currently on display that folks should check out?
2: Sure. Uh, that, that series uh, was created by Molly Brow. She painted these large canvases, had them custom made and painted them specifically for the airport. So oh, that's cool um, yeah big big kudos to Molly Brow. She really thought about um, her audience when she created that series. It's called Alknost, which I'm probably mispronouncing, but it's all based on um, Slavic folklore, and so this character within these paintings, it's really um, a, a mythological uh, character or person that gives people protection. So it's kind of meant to be almost like an amulet or um, supposed to give good vibes or protection to travelers. I also love gr- working with group artists, organizations or group shows. Uh, Capital Arts Society has a display behind book people. It's, uh, you know, a dozen artists. I, I love the more bang for your buck. So you get to see a wide variety of how people creatively express themselves using paint in different ways. Um, that group ha- has really gone crazy. They've sold like five or six pieces, and they've only been on display a few weeks. So I wow. can de- I can definitely see how travelers are starved for art and culture and have been missing that. Absolutely.
1: Opening. I mean, here's I, I love the fact that Austin has a very Austin airport has a very eclectic feel. It's it's kind of moving right. The dynamic is changing. Depending on where you are, depends on the the artistry that you see. Like when you first walk in. Um, to baggage, or uh, I'm sorry, to uh, the ticket counter. I mean, you have two areas, right? The east side and the west side, they have completely different paneled painting above the ticket counters. And I think a lot of that goes on scene because people just come in and they're, do you know what I mean? Like they're just rushing to, let me get the ticket counter and let me let me get a ticket and let me go through security. And they're not really looking. And I, I mean, I would say for our Austin uh, travelers to look around because you're going to find art in the most, you know, First of all, you're going to think it's some, some art I think is in obscure places where you're not expecting it, but some is right in front of your face and you don't even notice it and you're missing out because there's some beautiful pieces. I mean, we even have some art structurally in our floor, do we? Mm-hmm. Oh yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. The des- design terrazzo, um, on baggage level. Yeah. Um, I think that's maybe why I was meant to do this job in Austin because my my particular personality is a little quirky and eclectic anyway. So uh, the Austin aesthetic really works for me. And um, my curatorial vision has always been to, to reflect the evolving nature and culture of a region.
0: So I know one thing with part of your job that's really kind of one of the side things and definitely something you don't really think about with art is you have to maintain all of that. I mean, from the Barbara Jordan statue in the term, like down in the baggage claim to our spaceships to, I mean, you've got stuff all, over. what goes into just, I mean, dusting, even at the basic level.
2: Yeah. Uh, so that it, it is a part of my role as well. Um, we have a great facilities team, uh, but typically all these art pieces require someone with experience in art handling to clean. So that is me. So that means sometimes I come in in the middle of the night and we get on a scissor lift. And I got like a Ghostbusters pack on my back with a vacuum attachment and I am dusting spaceships or power washing stone out on the con rack. Um, all these new pieces that are coming. It's, it's always about asking the artist to submit a cleaning manual. And so it's important to be able to know what kind of products you can or cannot use. Uh, so art conservation in airports is a, an important topic something that our field is definitely looking into, because now we are getting to a point, there's a lot of airports out there that have art that's 20, 30 years old, that needs a lot of more in-depth conservation work, restoration. Uh, So that is something that's always on my mind, and I, I inspect everything weekly, as well as have a cleaning schedule for all the permanent artwork here.
1: There's something wow. about that, Corey, that I just want to see you in a jumpsuit with your with your, with your cleaning materials on a scissor ladder. Next time you're cleaning, you need to give me a call. I'll come and help. You can throw down a dust rag to me or whatever. Sure. You want to be at the
2: airport from like 10 p.m. to 4 or 5 in the morning. That'd be awesome.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get you your coffees. Oh. Bless
0: you. And I know one other thing that folks have asked for repeatedly, and we've even mentioned on the podcast before, but you are responsible for bringing the guitars back to baggage claim.
2: (laughs) Yes, I know. I wanted them back for so long. And it just a long time for the warranty work on the baggage carousels to be complete. We didn't want to bring them back prematurely and then having to take them right back down again to do some work. So yes, yes. Our Austin icons, which are the guitars, are back.
1: Do you have a favorite, a favorite piece, Corey? Uh,
2: that was asked of me before, and that's like asking a mother to choose her favorite child. <laughs> 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 Sophie's choice. <laughs> um, I like, there's something I can appreciate in everything that has. Uh, an aesthetic uh, consideration for the airport. Everything from these hand-forged iron handrails that you find, those were done by a local artist, believe it or not. Um, All the murals, like in the the restroom expansion murals, those were amazing. And that was a great artist to work with, Mila Sketch. She was amazing. And it really shows kind of the futuristic view of Austin.
0: Yeah, if you've never been, this is kind of a weird thing for our listeners out there. If you need to go to the bathroom the next time you're in the terminal, go down to the nine gate expansions. The murals that are around that whole area are spectacular, and they were so cool to see all that put in. Also, the bathrooms are really nice, but the, go go check out the yard.
1: They they are. They they are. Those, those murals are fantastic. I think those are very quickly going to become iconic uh, for, for the airport it's always a
2: running joke amongst the community of airport art curators, but bathrooms are kind of the natural place to put art. Um, it's, you know, you're, if you're a husband waiting for your spouse, you're always hanging out by the ladies room. You might as well look at something nice.
1: There you go. I love that idea.
0: (laughs) So You you just mentioned you, so you talk and coordinate with other airports on these types of things.
1: Oh yeah. It's
2: so important. Uh, as much as I love y'all in the AUS community, what I do can be a little bit isolating because there's not a whole department dedicated to art. And so it's great to bounce ideas off of other professionals that are doing the same thing. So we do have regular quarterly meetings with our small group of domestic US airport art uh, curators. And so I love to see what they're doing. It inspires me. And uh, we can always joke about bad things like bathroom art as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing is you did mention that things were a little quiet over COVID. It had an impact on moving some things forward, especially when we're talking about CIP projects and things of that nature and how that impacts the the artwork and, and the commission of art. But you being the creative being that you are, You've been very busy during COVID. This has not been a time of slack for Corey nope. Hurtis. No, not at all. Fact, we have a new we have a new puppy, don't we? We have a
2: new Yes. You want to tell us about <laughs> him? So no, you're right. I uh I'm always working the art hustle. So even during COVID, uh it was coming up with uh something for our younger travelers. I know a lot of, of people in the AUS community have, have been thinking of projects related to to youngsters and kid, kiddos having to travel the terminal. Um, but I did get the opportunity to follow through on one of my dreams, which was to develop a mascot. Yay! So, yes, Ostie the Flying Pup was developed during COVID. I was sitting in my back porch area with my cat uh, with a sketchbook coming up with ideas uh, and so. And developing a storyline. So that debuted November, just in time for holiday travel. And then uh, issue number two just came out in June for summer travel. And so uh, Ostie is uh, always an amazing, bright, positive character who teaches youngsters a few practical things about navigating the airport but also he loves experiencing everything inside. So it's the art, the music, the barbecue, the nice people that you run into. What I love about our airport is how friendly everyone is. And you can strike up a conversation with anyone. And so the character Ostie does the same thing in his narrative and meets all kinds of new friends. And so I have enough stories in my head to last us years. So (laughs) Ostie is going to be here until, you know, uh, I retire from this place. Somebody else wants to take the mantle.
1: Osty well, is about as cute as he could possibly be. <laughs> Did you have a, who was your muse for Osty? <laughs> well, uh, my muse
2: was originally my cat. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> who, who had uh, quite a bit of personality, but as far as visually, uh, it is modeled after another employee's dog that is a chihuahua mix.
0: So for, you, for the folks who haven't seen it, it's Osti is just adorable. He's got a little scarf and he's just, just kind of like little, not plump, but little He roundish. But he's just this cute, like very exciting. He's healthy. Yes.
1: <laughs> how would our, if our travelers wanted to make use of the Austi story in coloring books, how would they do that? Oh,
2: well, <clears throat> Then usually on Fridays, I go down with a table and I set up all the books. And they through Checkpoint One, they can come get a book. And it's free. And I even include some crayons with it. Uh, Or you can go on
1: to our website. There is an Austi page. And you can download the book yourself. So now we know, guys, if you're traveling with children and it's a Friday, you can pick up a book and some crayons. And if it's not, you can download (laughs) and print out
2: yourself at will. Yeah, so the next few Fridays, um, when I get here at 9am, I will set up a table and it's just kind of random now if there's always a ton of kids coming through in the morning. So I'm usually going through hundreds of books by noon.
0: So looking to the future, and I don't want to get spoilers away because we can always have you back on to talk more about these things. But is there anything that folks maybe want to need to keep an eye out for over the rest of this year or stuff that you're excited for that you're working on that you can maybe give us a little teaser for?
2: Absolutely. It will definitely be a tease because I can't share a whole lot. But there is going, coming, uh, the, the due date of when it's going to be installed is still kind of a moving target. I'm hoping for by South by Southwest, we will have a brand new immersive art installation. So this is an AIPP project. So it was associated with a large building project at the airport and it's going to going to take up um, what used to be gate 12. So it will be, <clears throat> excuse me, right before Austin city market. And so it's going to be amazing and I can say as, with a guarantee that no airport has anything like it at all. And
1: I wish I could say more. But just- oh my gosh, don't say more because I'm thrilled and excited. <laughs> yeah. to and,
0: <laughs> and I know a little bit more about it and I'm not going to say anything either, but it is extremely cool. And I am so excited oh, to okay. so when get we you hang back up, on.
1: you tell me all about it? I'm thinking <laughs> I really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: then I'm working on a few things, uh, some pop-up learning, uh, lounges. I'm trying to break into sh- showcasing more of another great art form that Austin produces, which is film. You know, we're, we're known for it. We're, we're getting to be a huge center for movie productions. And there are a lot of local filmmakers in Austin. So I'm trying to edge in and create opportunities for, for showing that at the airport with the hopes that that will grow in the future years.
0: Well, as our on this podcast, at least resident film nerd, I am very excited about that. So that seems yeah. super cool.
2: Yes. So look for that.
0: Thanks, really, for joining us today. We really do appreciate it. And for everyone out there listening, next time you're at Terminal, seriously, there's so many little hidden gems and big pieces and just all over the place. Be sure to check out all the hard work that Corey puts into really making our airport something unique and special.
2: Uh-huh. well, thank you too for your support of the arts, and I'd love to come back anytime.
0: So that was fantastic. I love talking to Corey and hearing all about the amazing stuff that goes on with her program and all the work that they do, really uh, making this airport feel not just unique, but really celebrate a lot of those cool cultural pieces that make Austin, Austin.
1: I know. One of the things I love about Corey is you can just you can feel her passion, right? Like she's just so passionate about the work that she does. I, I, I love it. And she's She comes up, I don't know if you were around on uh, May the 4th, she, oh, yeah. she created, <laughs> like just on a whim, she created the May the Fourth Be With You. Uh, what, what's the word for that? Like a,
0: Graphics that were on all of our everything in the terminal and all over the place.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's got her finger on the pulse. She really yeah, does. It,
0: if you've ever been in the terminal and you've seen something cool on all of our digital displays, um, that was Corey and her team and what they do with graphics and things and our, a lot of our photos and all sorts of stuff. They just really do cool work.
1: Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. However, we do have a destination highlight as well. We wanted to finish up on, didn't we?
0: Bruce? Abs- absolutely. Um, and I think it's an exciting one if folks are planning their trips for later this year. So one of the ones that's going to be arriving on American in October is nonstop service from Austin to San Juan, Puerto Rico.
1: Oh, I have never been to Puerto Rico
0: so, I actually lived in Puerto Rico uh because again we've we've both traveled in crazy ways but yeah i I lived there for several years as a kid uh until like my teenage years of course um, you did. It was – yeah, We my dad was down there for work um, and we were there and it is an amazing place uh, and for two reasons I would say. Um, one, Puerto Rico is fantastic. There's so much you can do um, from the culture, the food. I'm just thinking about all the amazing food. you get. We talked seafood and things but just like Puerto Rican cuisine is fantastic with all the things that they do. I'm um, just – with like tostones and mofongo and like – all sorts of different uh i can't even i'm just kind of almost not to write a blank but overwhelmed with the amount of food um that's just part of the culture that's amazing and then the local music and then one of my favorite things when i was there uh was visiting el yunque which is the rainforests so Mm. you go to san juan you can head up into the mountains and it's just these stunning tropical rainforests in the mountains and you hear um, the birds, and here the coquille, which are these little um, – it's the frogs that are um, Puerto Rico is famous for. Uh, it's, it's just a fantastic place. And the other reason it's a cool place to check out is it really is also that gateway to so many other amazing experiences in the Caribbean itself. One of my absolute favorite places uh, on the planet is um, – the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, particularly St. Uh, John and St. Thomas, but you can fly into Puerto Rico and maybe hop over to the Virgin Islands, uh, which a lot of it is national parks and just explore stunning white sandy beaches, turquoise water, uh, rolling hills, just absolutely breathtaking experiences and it's all parkland uh, so it's preserved and maintained and all of that um but it's like you get that really great opportunity to kind of explore all of that i don't and the other thing i didn't even think about like when you're visiting san juan and particularly old san juan it's these amazing cobblestone streets and it leads out into these giant spanish forts which when i was living there when you're like a 12 13 year old boy and there's all these literally just giant fortresses that you can explore coolest thing in the world
1: oh yeah no doubt nice that's on my list as well my list is getting longer and longer uh,
0: I destinations (laughs) keep getting added and it's like well I can do this one next so it's super (laughs) exciting but yeah October 7th American Airlines uh, Austin to San Juan as always thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Austin Approach I am your co-host Bryce Doobie
1: and I am your co-host Michelle Loy thanks for listening folks and until next time
2: Austin Approach is the official podcast of Austin Bergstrom International Airport and the City of Austin's Department of Aviation. Our theme music is produced by Michael Pinnock, the AUS Music Program Coordinator. Thanks for listening.